In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Oh, he has trouble with the spin. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. The doctor is now in. Feeling good, feeling fine. Oh, yes, it is. It is the day before Thanksgiving. How are you feeling about that, huh? I feel pretty good. Because I'm feeling a four-day weekend, I'm Chuck. That's what I'm feeling. Four-day weekend. For you, eh, I think you're going to have to work. But that's okay. I think you put in for some time off, you know, down the road or something. Clone yourself. Do something. I don't know. All right. Yes, today we are going to give you kind of a Friday show. Because since uh, we will not be here on Friday, some programming notes tomorrow... Thanksgiving. Hope everyone has a glorious, festive, fruitful Thanksgiving. I'll be watching football, having a great time, kicking back. Will not be eating turkey because I'm not a big turkey fan. I think tacos may be on the menu tomorrow. Maybe steak. Prime rib. Or maybe steak tacos. Prime rib. I've never been a prime rib guy. Oh. Never been a prime rib guy. And again, you know, I'm not into the whole fatty meats thing. And so that means no lamb chops. No. <laughs> lamb chops. That's lamb, lamb that's chops fun. are so good. That why did you bring up lamb chops? Because it's I'm, that's what I'm thinking about for you know it wow. sounds good. Wow, lamb chops. It's funny you bring up lamb chops. I don't know if I want to go into that story, but uh, lamb chops. Sometimes I get. Oh no, you need to bring you need to bring into that story uh, now. No, no, no. Okay, well. <laughs> Remember when I was in Connecticut? See, si. okay, and we we the Aces won. won we the won, Aces, yes. We the Aces won the championship, right? Yes. So, and I think I told you the story where after I did my dance moves and we celebrated and all that sort of thing. After you hurt your knee, yeah, hurt my knee. So I went to Michael Jordan's Steakhouse later that night at uh, Mohegan Sun yep. Casino. Yep, there it is. So as I'm eating my fillet. I was debating whether to get pork chops or not because I was looking at the menu because I had been there a couple nights earlier. And I said, well, I've already had the filet. I've had the steak before. So let me maybe get something different. And I was looking at the menu and there were these, uh, there was a, it looked like a fiendish pork chop. And so as I'm sitting there, there was two lovely ladies sitting over to my left. Yeah. Right. And they brought out their food. One was a fillet, and the other, it looked like pork chops. So, of course, me being the person that I am, and I just had to know, you know, as Petey said in Revenge of the Titans, or Remember the Titans, I, I got to know. I got to know, sunshine. I got to know. So I said, excuse me. I go, "Is are those the pork chops? And she goes, no, these are lamb chops. So, and I... I can't remember ever really having lamb chops, 
But these lamb chops looked fantastic. Get them. So when you said lamb chops, I just had a flashback to that. I thought you were thinking like this. It's a song that doesn't end. Yes, it goes on and on. Is that the lamb chop song? Yes, it is. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue singing. How long is this going to last? It's a song that never ends. Yeah, that's it. 10 hours of it. (laughs) No, I I, I don't. So you like lamb chops? Yes. So I did have the uh, veal chop. It, uh, my new favorite Italian restaurant inside the Westgate, you know, Fresco Italiano. That, that is phenomenal. So, does that count? A veal chop? No. And no. Much different? Much different. Well, white meat's white meat, right? No. No? No. Veal? Veal, veal's good. Veal is good. Yeah. But it's not a lamb chop. Really? What's more tender, veal or lamb? Why am I asking you this? You, no. have, you, you have no, uh, you know, restaurant well, you etiquette whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what? No, you- this is the last time, right? This is it. All right. This is it. Can I tell you about the show today? Yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow, whatever. So tomorrow we're going music show. Happy Thanksgiving. That's right. We're going to go with the TC Martin Show Song Fest tomorrow. So if you missed it the first time uh, that we played it the Friday before... Labor Day weekend. All right. So we're going to play volume two. For the first time, year. we're going to replay it. That's true. For the I, first I, time looked, I looked. It's the first time that we're going to replay it. Okay. We're so we, yeah, we did it live yep. on the Friday before Labor Day. So we have not, we have not touched it since. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we have a holiday. So tomorrow you'll get to uh, witness again. So if you're out and about or you're at home, um, tune in and you'll hear. The T.C. Martin Show Song Fest. And remember what that is. That is some of my favorite songs and all of our guests. And I believe we packed in around 15 guests during that two-hour show. uh, And our guests got to play DJ and request their songs. Remember, that is the second rendition because we did it back last year in 2021. So we've got Volume 1, we've got Volume 2. And yes, there will be a Volume 3 coming very, very soon. I think it's just a tradition now yeah. that we're going to do that in the Friday before Labor Day. And then we replay it on on some holiday shows. So there you go. So that's what we got going tomorrow. And then Friday, we have a best of. And uh, since Friday is our regular best bet segment, we are going to do the best bets today in the second hour. And we will replay that on Friday. All right, so that's what you got coming up here in the next couple of days. On today's show, Trevor Maddich is going to join us. We'll talk to Trevor. We're going to preview the big college games, especially Michigan and Ohio State. That is going to be fantastic. So we'll get Trevor's thoughts on that game as well as the other huge games, all starting tomorrow. Uh, college football got uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and that's a huge rivalry, the Egg Bowl. And now all the talk isn't about Ole Miss – because they've lost, what, three of the last four. It's if Lane Kiffin is going to leave Ole Miss and go to Auburn. Like, here we go again. Lane Kiffin jumping ship again. So, wow. Uh, of course, Kiffin doing what he always does is denying it. So, got a little interest in that game. We'll see about that. They've got a full slate of college games on Friday. And, of course, we've got three NFL games tomorrow as well, too. So, we'll look forward to all of that. So, we'll... Uh, do that with uh, Trevor Manich and Marco D'Angelo will join us next hour as well, too. So Marco will be in the house and uh, we'll get his thoughts and we'll handicap uh, the NFL weekend, the college football weekend. So uh, great, uh, great time today 
handicapping those games, previewing all of the action for you uh, coming up for this uh, glorious four-day football weekend. you got to love that. Well, actually, five days because we've got Monday Night Football as well, too. So that'll be good. All right. So that's what's on tap. <sighs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting a little R&R. Of course, doing some other sporting events as well, too. What's up? Nice. No, I just... Oh. You want to know my last 24 hours since I last saw you? Was it since, fun? Uh, <laughs> was it fun? Was it fun? Um, well, I'll just... I, I, here was the idea. Okay. okay. So I left here yesterday, and it was really strange because, you know, I've been go, 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 go nonstop, had company in town nonstop for the past couple of weeks. And I said, wow, I got a little kind of a, a chill night. So I think this would be a good night to go to the movies. So I was kind of feeling movie night last night. So I roll over to our favorite theater, which it was beautiful because hardly anybody was around. You know, yeah, because everybody's out of town. Yeah, they're out of town or they're not thinking about going to the movies. It's like me going to the movies on Halloween when I escaped, right? I think that was the last time I went. So I go to the theater and I'm just kind of feeling a movie. So I go after the show yesterday and I'm talking to our good friends at, uh, at our favorite theater. And, uh, I'm saying, hmm. And I haven't been to the movies in a while. So I really wasn't sure what was playing. So I did something I probably shouldn't have done. I listened to somebody else. Did you listen to Cartwright? I didn't listen to Cartwright okay. because you know what I would. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to go see Black Black Panther two or blah, whatever blah, blah, it is. Yeah, yeah. whatever it, it is. Yeah, yeah, which is in about 16 theaters in uh, one complex. Yeah, so I started asking about you know a couple different movies. So I see this thing called the Menu. Are you familiar with the Menu? No, I am not. Uh, okay, well if you want to Google it, put it up while I go through this. So. What's the menu about? So the person behind the counter says, "Well, it's a, uh, it's a, it's about a, a a dinner, and these people get invited to go to this very expensive dinner." And they go, "You ever see the game before?" And I go, "Oh, well, the Michael Douglas one, like years ago. It's kind of like that." I'm going, "Yeah, I kind of vaguely remember it. Okay. Oh, it's it's about a dinner. It's about a chef. It's about food." I said. Okay, sounds sounds pretty good. But then I said, oh, wait a minute. What is that one? She said. And he goes, that's the Harvey Weinstein movie. I go, oh, that's what I want to see. Because I went and I, you know, I saw yeah. the previews for that. And again, I'm, I'm all about Miramax, Harvey Weinstein, Quentin Tarantino, Uma Thurman, all this other kind of... And I've been wanting to see this. And then the guy... I should probably know him that I was... I shouldn't have taken this person's advice at the theater. They go, well, yeah, it's a journalism movie. I'm going, well, it's Harvey Weinstein, Miramax, and that sort of thing. But that he's partially right, though, because it's about the New York Times writers who uncover the story, and they do that. So I really wanted to see that. So here it is. I'm looking at the Times, and she said doesn't start until like 8 o'clock. I go, oh, man, that's, I, you know, that's, I don't want to go and come back and I'm here, right? So what I do, Numchuck. Did you go eat and then? I, no, no, no. I said, well, I, I'll, I'll go to the movies and I'll see the menu. I'll go see the menu. Oh, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know why because 
Somebody else said it's a really good movie. And then they get you on this one. 89% Rotten Tomatoes. It's now a 90, by the way. Uh, now it's a 90. Now it's a 90. Well, it probably will drop after after I get done with it here. Do you I, know that there's absolutely <laughs> nobody in this movie? Now, that's funny you say that. Because Besides John Leguizamo. It's the only one that I'm looking like at. Amazon. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Dude's so, great. So here's the deal. So I like to go to movies that I really kind of go into the dark a little bit. You know, pun intended there, and not knowing, uh, you know, what it's about. But so I got the the uh, the premise here, and so the opening scenes. I'm going. I don't know any of these people. This is going to be some ham and egg cast movie, right? So then, the chef is my guy. You probably don't know him. Okay, it's Ray Fines. Now, okay, now it'll, he spells his name like Ralph. It's Ra- yeah, it's Ralph Fennis. Okay, but his his name is pronounced. Rayf Fines. And I know Rayf Fines because so the moment I saw him, he lost his hair, but he was in the quiz show. And quiz show goes back, I don't know, like 98 or whatever. He was also in Schindler's List. Yeah, he well, that was before that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But his major start. So if you remember the quiz show, that was the game show back, the, the television game show, like in the 60s, 70s, uh, 21. And he was the guy that just, he won everything and he was phenomenal. And he was a great actor. So I go, oh, that's my quiz show guy. But he's been in a bunch of other stuff, but nothing really big that I've seen, right? So yeah, Ray of Fines. So he was in it. And then I saw Lugger Messino in there, and I go, okay, that that that's kind of cool. But let me tell you what this movie's about. So it's about these people who take a boat to an island. Now remember, the person at the theater said it's a... It's a about a di- going to a dinner, and it's a murder mystery. Some some okay. What what is this? So the chef Ray finds he's this eccentric chef. He's lost his mind. He's nuts. He's got this big old huge staff. These people go on the island, and they get served these meals. They get served this big old meal. It lasts you know three hours, and. So they go course one, course two, course three, and every course something is happening here. And I think it was after course two, there's a death. So bottom line, what happens here is every course that he's making has some weird story and you have all these rich people that are there. And as we come to find out, these people weren't randomly there. He invited them to this meal and his plan was to serve them this meal and it had all these little nuances and messages in between and he's going to kill every one of them he's going to kill every patron and not only is he going to kill every patron his whole staff including himself are going to die at the end of the meal now, some of it's kind of weird and ingenious. So he gives out these, these like, uh, tacos or these tortilla shells. In the tortilla shells, they have like the, the things that he doesn't like about each person because he did all this investigation. So he has all these people that basically, you know, like past critics who like ripped him, people that ripped him off. He had like their tax, illegal tax returns on, on, on the tortilla. It's just weird, weird. Gave him breadless bread. 
And they go, where's the bread? They go, oh, you're not eating bread. So you want yeah. some, you want some menu facts? Go ahead. Give me some menu facts. It was, it, it began recording on, or began filming on September 3rd to 2021. Okay. In Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Make, okay. So I could see that, you know, it's, it looks like you're on Fantasy Island. Yeah. At this place. All right. So let me just get to the best part or the worst part. All right. So now people are getting killed. One guy gets his, uh, and I don't care if spoiler alert or not. I'm, I'm going to spoil it for you because no one should see this movie. All right. And, um, so this one guy gets his finger chopped off. You know, he's sitting there bleeding the, the, the whole time. Uh, Lugger Messino is, is a guy who's a, an actor. And you know why he got invited by the chef? You know why? Because he saw him in this movie that he couldn't stand. And he goes, you were terrible I was gonna say, as an actor it, it in this shows, movie. It shows him as movie star. Yeah. He was a movie star. Exactly. And he goes, yeah, you were, you were terrible in this movie. He goes, where was your passion? Where was, you didn't have any of this and that. Okay. Come on. So sorry. I'm having a little fun. I know you are. So. Now it comes down to the end, and this one chick who's a hooker, she is not supposed to be there, and he is bugging the chef. Prostitute. Yeah, prostitute, right. Is is she listed in the thing as Margot the prostitute? Margot, it says, but it's Margot. So anyway, which really isn't her name. She said later she's Aaron. Anyway, so anyway, so she's with this real broke dick of a guy, and this guy wants to be a chef. And as these people are getting killed, they go, oh, they didn't know. Is this, is this part of, is it theater? Is it part of the act? Oh, it must be part of, part of the act. You know, guy getting his finger chopped off. Guy blowing his brains out. One of the sous chefs blowing his brains out. Yeah. Unbelievable. So as these people are now knowing that they're going to die at the end, and, and he gives them a chance to escape. And of course, they can't escape. They get, you know, caught and get brought back. Uh, just more torture. And then, so the chef, Rhea Fines, you know, is, as we found out, he, he's kind of like just bored with, with life and doing this and whatever, lost his love for cooking. And so the prostitute, Margot, calls him out and says, you know, your food's crap, you know? Cause he, he goes, he goes, you're not supposed to be here. Who are you? How'd you get here? You're not supposed to be here. I got nothing on you. So that little mind games with that. And so she wasn't eating any of the food. And she goes, well, your food sucks. So he t- took this all personal. So she found out going in, snuck in his, his room, his house, found out he used to be like some burger chef or something like that, flipping burgers. So she said, you've lost your passion, this and that. She goes, if I'm going to have my, my last meal, I would like a cheeseburger. He goes, can you make me a cheeseburger? So all this fancy dancy meal, bone marrow and all this other nonsense that we're having, you know, squid, octopus, all this stuff. So he goes and makes a burger and you can see that he's loving, taken back when he's 18, 19 years old and he's making this burger and it's got grilled onions. And he asked her if she'd like French fries with it. Would you like crinkle cut or julienne? And I thought it was kind of weird because the crinkle cut fries were frozen and everything's supposed to be fresh there, right? And so she gets the burger. Only the foodie like you yeah. would notice that. Th- that is true. That is true. So she's playing mind games with him, with the chef, right? He makes the burger. She bites the burger and says, oh, this is one delicious burger, right? You know, like Samuel would say and like Jules yep. said, yeah, well, that's one tasty burger. I had Kahuna burger. So anyway, she goes, can I get the rest of it to go? 
So he basically says, yeah, gives her a bag and lets her escape. Yeah. So she gets to leave. And everyone else now, it's time for the final course. It's time for the dessert course. So everybody is around their tables knowing they're going to die. But how numbchuck are they going to die in this ridiculous movie? Uh, I'll tell you. I know exactly how. I'm going to, because you're looking it up. I'm going to tell you. So he says, tonight's dessert is s'mores. So he takes these marshmallows, wraps it around everyone's head, all right, around their chest and their neck, and then they put chocolate, giant cookies or cakes on top of their head. They're all tied up, throw like ginger snaps or something like on the ground, and the chef says, this is it, boom, boom, boom. Lights the fire. He goes, this is your dessert. You will die by s'mores. He bursts into flames. The customers burst into flames. The entire... The cooking staff bursts into flames. The island bursts into flames. And the final scene of the movie is what? Her, her looking at it. Her looking at it from the boat, opening her bag, and eating the rest of her cheeseburger. I'll never get those two hours back again. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So, now it's about, you know... I've got 40 minutes to kill, right? Yeah. Half hour, 40 minutes to kill. Because now I get to see the movie that I really want to see. Yeah. So I did that. And um, I saw it. And it was very good. It was nails. Should have not even seen the other movie. But uh, so that was my nightlife song. And here's the kicker to the story. Goes back to what I said in the beginning. How many people were in the theater at each movie? I'm going to say four in menu. Okay. Probably, she said, is probably two or three. You, wouldn't you think she said it'd be more? Yeah. I but, mean, that's, that's a pretty good story. It's been, but it's also publicized. Like, good cast. Great cast. It's been out. Isn't that been out longer? I think you're right. I so think you're, like, yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah. have gone. I'll tell you this. Private showing for me in both theaters. First time ever. Not one movie, but two movies. Private theater. Holy cow! Man, I was like yelling at the at the screen. No problem. Now, and people always wonder. I think they've always wondered. Hey, if they don't sell a ticket to the show, do they show the movie? Do they show the movie? They do. They they show it. I got proof of that. There you go. That was my night. Now it gets better. Well, it gets worse. I should say. So now you know I had my large popcorn and my large Pepsi, which I love so much when I go into the movies, right? But, you know, I need some meat. And I haven't eaten since, you know, my Freddy's burger earlier in the day, as you well know. So, I need something to eat at, at now 1030 at night. Hold so, on. Be- before we go into that, movie theaters. Yes. Do they still have the Slurpee machines or the Icy or whatever they're called? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I saw I saw a chick with the uh, with the Slurpee. With the Slurpee, last, Icy, yeah, whatever had, it's called. She had, like, the cola one last night. And as she was walking, I don't know what movie she was going to. I go, hey. Slurpee looks pretty good. Yeah. I love Slurpees. Can't beat a good Slurpee. Mm. Anyway, but I didn't have a Slurpee last night. 
Maybe I should have had a Slurpee. <sighs> Maybe I'll get a Slurpee later. Who knows? Anyway, why do you divert me into this? So, uh, no, this is the question because okay. I, I know a bunch of theaters have like taken them out. That's true. Or like, and you know what? I also asked because you know I'm so inquisitive of uh, how much alcohol do they really serve at, at these theaters? Yeah. And they got tons of, of, of alcoholic beverages there, which, you know, back in the day, they never did. So, anyway, I, I'm trying to find a place to eat. And now I'm relegated to fast food. So I suck it up because Freddy's is closed at this point in time. So I have to go to one of those unmentionable places to go that's open at least till midnight or 1 a.m. or, you know, 24. What was the genre of food? I was just going to tell you. Was I, it, is it Mexican? It was either going to be chicken. Okay. okay which which I, I know. I'm, I'm down with. Okay. But you, what I have the night before. Exactly. I had the best chicken. No comparison. I can't do it. So therefore, I wonder if the McRib is still there. I'm shocked you didn't go and check to see if the if you could have gotten an Inchirito. Inchirito? A Taco Bell? A Taco yeah, Bell. I don't, I don't do that. I, I don't go to that place. But inch- I, I don't go to this place either. The Inchirito, Inchirito's so, back, though. Is it back? Yeah. That's actually not bad. It's until the 30th of this oh, month. Okay. Thank you very little. Well, as we know, the McRib is winding down now, too. So They've been saying that for years, though. Yeah, Come on. No, no, but it is. But it's off the menu now. So now they got some other new thing that says, hey, this one's made with all beef and made to order. Okay. So the so everything else on your menu isn't? Okay, fine. Is that wait, really? Is that really what it says? That's what it says. True oh story. My God. True story. So 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 I'm in the drive-thru. Okay. So this is weird. Now tell me how weird this is. I go, Do you still have the McRib? Uh, not tonight. Okay. Well, all we got is chicken nuggets. This, this, all they have left all is they chicken ha- nuggets. No, he didn't say left. Okay. All they have is chicken nuggets. And I go, excuse me? Yeah, you want some chicken nuggets? This is the conversation. I go, no, man, I don't want any chicken nuggets. I want a McRib. No. All we have is chicken nuggets. I go, time out. Rewind. Stand by. What? All's you, is this a special? He goes, all we have is chicken nuggets. Why? I can get you fries, too. So I go, are you serious? He goes, oh, man, I'm serious. He goes, How are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm serious. I, saw, I go, why? He goes, oh, because... That's the only fryer that's working. What is your major malfunction, numbnut? Seriously. I go, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, but I can do, do your fries. He goes, but yeah, all the other, th- all the other things are down for now. So they're only serving chicken McNuggets. It's all they're serving or in French fries. I, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I would have been gone. Too. I'm gone. I, I so now I, I'm stuck. So I went to another location, and they had it. they had the McRib. Good job. So I, su- I suffered with the McRib, and but you know that and was how fun. was it? Come on, uh, it was good. And I said, and I said, because right, you know I ordered no pickles. Yeah. So that way they make it fresh. Yes. And they did. I had to wait about seven minutes, but it was it was it was perfectly fine. So uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was my night last night. There you go. I I see a horrendous movie. Uh, only one in the theater. And I go to one of the most world famous establishments that has their entire kitchen shut down at 1045 at night. Besides chicken nuggets. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I never heard of such a thing where they, they're not cooking anything else. Then I get up this morning and we know what happened there. 
Now, of course, I put Wait, the I put the PBA out that people leave me alone. Don't do spoiler alert. I got Germany and Japan at 5 a.m. So I did what I said I was going to do. I recorded it and actually got about seven. A disastrous morning follows as Germany loses to Japan two to one. After they looked fantastic in the first half, took the lead one nil. World Cup opener. And of course, my phone's blowing up because people don't respect that. I don't want spoiler alerts, so I didn't look at my phone, and I endured. I didn't do it this time, though. How about that? You sent me a text, so so I didn't look at it. What did I send you? You sent me a text, or maybe I sent you a text last night. Oh well, then again, I you just didn't look at it, yeah, so it's okay. There it is. Yeah, but Buck Power sending me texts. T.J. Reeves sending me text, and it's like I'm not looking. I'm not looking. And in the back of my mind, I'm knowing that there something went wrong. Because they're going to give me a bad time. Oh, Germany law. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And then, so of course they do. They lose. And of course I read the text afterwards and that's exactly what it is. But anyway, there it is. All right. So yeah, crazy World Cup day. And we will dive dive into that with Paul Buckpower Stewart. But we are not going to call him Buckpower today because we're not going to be talking about the Buccaneers. So it's Paul Stryker. Yeah. You like that? I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was debating where we're going to call him today. Paul World Cup Stewart. So I said, oh, Paul Stryker Stewart. So there we go. Pitch power. Pitch power. Very nice. I like that. That's good. On the pitch. All right. So Paul Pitch Power Stryker Stewart will join us. We'll get our World Cup report. We'll have some fun with our good friend from Jolly Old England. And uh, we'll talk to him like we've been talking to all of our guests during the course of this week. What are their Thanksgiving plans. What is on the table? And we heard from our our guests, uh, you know, the last few days. Uh, we will find out what Paul Stewart is going to be having there in England, and what Trevor Maddich is going to be having uh, coming up next. All right, we talk a little college football, the NFL. Get a cracking right here for you on this wild Wednesday pre-Thanksgiving show edition of the TC Martin Show. All right, let me put, put some water on your balls. More from the master debater. C. Martin. You'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. Yes, you know what today is? Besides the day before Thanksgiving and Wednesday. 40 years ago today was the release of one of the greatest albums of all time. No, this wasn't on there. Michael Jackson's Thriller album. 40 years ago today. Yes. And if you're uh, searching through Sirius XM, Channel 50, The Groove, one of my favorites, next to the beat, of course, um, got the Michael Jackson Marathon going. Starting today, I believe, all weekend long. Love that. 40 years ago today, Thriller was released. Numbchat, you're a horrible DJ. Horrible. Pay attention. No, oh. <laughs> there it is. 1982, 1983, this album just carried on and on and on. That's it. And our next guest, I know he was grooving to this back in the day. I can guarantee he was grooving to it back in the day. He may have had two left feet, but he could move both feet pretty good in the trenches. The former O-lineman, the tight end, the center, he did it all. Continues to do it all. 40-26 and right now is his record in our best bets. And that's coming up a little bit later on. But he joins us now. The one and only Trevor Maddich. They told him, don't you ever 
Mr. TC, I will tell you this. I may have two left feet, but I tried to do the moonwalk, and I failed. Apparently, you need a right foot to do the moonwalk. And when Michael Jackson came out on MTV and did that moonwalk and took the world by storm, it was one of the most astonishing things I had ever seen in my young life. I hear you, brother. I hear you. There you go. See, I know you can relate to that. No, I I can listen. There are three artists, and I think you'll concur with this, too. And, you know, we both kind of... We we like the gamut of, of genres, but you know me, I, I'm I'm really into the old school R and B and the funk. I mean that that's really my babies. There are three artists. I was thinking about this earlier today as I was driving in here. I think there are three artists that I could listen to probably every song in like no matter which which song. It could be an album cut, um, you know, a hit or maybe a non hit, and I wouldn't turn it off. And those three for me would be Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. How about you, Trevor? You know what? I, I I'm not going to disagree with you about that. Uh, I'm not going to disagree. Although that's just my uh, personal my personal favorites. I'm asking what your personal yeah. favorites would be. You know what? Sir Duke was another one that was just massive for me. Yeah. When I was you know when I was when I was growing up, and then Michael Jackson. You know more than the more than the dance tunes. It was some of the ballads. She's out of my life. Yes. Still yes. makes me cry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But Earth, Wind, and Fire, there's something about the groove of Earth, Wind, and Fire and that falsetto mm-hmm. that, that stands out among among other great bands and great musicians. And so I, it's hard for me to say that Earth, Wind, and Fire would not be the one if I had to pick the, the best of the greatest. Yeah. I, I, and I say for you, and what, well, give me an, uh, maybe outside of, of mine, your own personal, no matter which genre, what would it be for you? Cause I know you listen to a lot of music too, especially, you know, when you're doing your, 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 your Trevor tours or during uh, the spring and the summer and stuff like that. What would be for you a, a, a artist where you'll play, you'll listen to, to every song from that artist? Well, for me, it's about the singer-songwriters. It's about the storytellers. I live in Nashville, and and I love that. And so, like Dan Fogelberg now, people that are younger than probably 30 or so mm-hmm. don't know who that is, but they know 20 of his songs, if I were to play them. Right. Right? Songs that are the soundtrack of people's lives. Dolly Parton was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dolly Parton, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, alongside Eminem. <laughs> on the same on the same dais, right? Right. And uh and you know what she did? She wrote a rock and roll song and performed it in black latex. Uh I guess it was supposed to be black leather, but I don't think it really was. Uh <laughs> to close out the show. And she was fantastic, but she also is a, a singer songwriter that tells stories. And if I had to pick one song that's my favorite my favorite song of all time for all the times we've talked about earth wind and fire and eminem and cool and the gang and and all the the hair bands and rock and roll and all that my favorite song of all time is coat of many colors by dolly parton oh wow that song still brings tears to my eyes because it's a story that connects and it means so much to so many people it means a lot to me so for me it's the it's the singer songwriters it's the message it's the story great stuff man Little Dan Fogelberg there. We got going. Yeah, you like that? You like that, Trevor? Look at that. See? Love we that. Play, we play all the hits, as you know. All right, brother. There you go. College football rankings. Here we go. We only got uh, one more week after this to uh, determine what's going to happen here for the Final Four, even though that's the wrong sport, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, we got Georgia. We got Ohio State. We got Michigan. We got TCU. All four undefeated. 
And on the outside looking in, LSU at five now, USC at six, Alabama seven, Clemson at eight. Okay, so I understand the top four because they're all undefeated. But I got a couple questions for you, college football guru, my main man, Trevor Maddich. Why is LSU ahead of USC? LSU is ahead of, of USC because of their top 10 win against Alabama. And I, I, that's just the best one of either of those teams. Now, USC is going to have a chance to move up next week because you've got USC playing a ranked uh, Notre Dame and LSU is playing uh, Texas A&M. And Texas A&M, everybody beats Texas A&M. They've just had a miserable season. So LSU will have a chance to move up. or uh, USC will have a chance to move up on them. But it's the championship week that really matters. So I think right now, because of that win over over Alabama, Alabama right now ranked number seven, uh, that's that's the best win of either of those teams. I think that's why they're there. Also, I think the committee has forgiven LSU a little bit for losing um, their opener against a, a resurgent Florida State team, uh, in, basically on special teams, when they had a brand-new head coach and a, a brand-new quarterback that transferred in. Now, you can make the same case that USC only lost one game and that was on the road at Utah by one point to a team that, you know, a place is really hard to win. But really, those that's going to settle itself out. Because if LSU beats A&M, they have to beat A&M to make the playoff, no matter what happens in the SEC championship game. But if LSU beats A&M and then beats Georgia somehow in the, in the SEC championship game, LSU is absolutely positively going to be in the playoff. So for, for USC, LSU really isn't their big threat. Here's the way I look at it, though. I look at it the eye test, okay? Now, I don't care who they lost to and all that sort of thing. I just know that USC is a 10 and 1 team and what they did last week against UCLA, you know, on the road, even though it was in LA, but still it, it was, wasn't on their home field was very, very impressive. I don't think they sent the punter out there at all in the last, you know, 20 series. But the eye test for me is if USC played LSU, all right, number one, who would be favored? Number two, who would win? Who's the better team between USC and LSU? More complete team is LSU, and I think LSU would probably win head-to-head. Okay. Uh, the reason is that you've got a, an elite offense for USC. You've got a, a capable, balanced offense for LSU. You've got a, a very good defense for LSU. And USC's defense, uh, I'll get back to you. I, I went back and watched four of their games, getting ready for a breakdown for SportsCenter. And, and in watching that, that defense of USC, for goodness sake, they are boomer bust. I mean, they will make big plays. They will drop defensive linemen back into coverage and fool quarterbacks and get interceptions. They will strip at the ball. They'll get takeaways. They'll do all those things. You know, on third down, they'll, they'll make a big play because of a big crazy blitz, right? Uh, and get the other team off the field. But in between that, they're busting coverages. They're out of their lanes in the run. They're getting blocked. You know, they're, they're giving up big play after big play to offenses that should not shred them like that. And UCLA is a very good offense and they scored 45 points uh, against USC. They're going to score a lot of points against most teams. UCLA will, but other teams that shouldn't shred the Trojan defense did. And I think the committee is looking at that as, okay, yeah, well, they're 10 and one. They've got a chance now. They beat ranked USC. They've got ranked. Uh, Notre Dame coming up, and then they've got ranked Oregon, I guess, in the Pac-12 championship game. So they'll have a chance to get a lot of juice on their schedule, but they're going to need that juice because the eye test for the committee is awesome offense, 
putrid defense. And you look back to the Kyler Murray and, um, you know, uh, who's the guy before him, the Browns quarterback? Oh, come on. Heisman Trophy Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. You look at those, those Oklahoma teams with, with incredible offenses and incredibly bad defenses, and right now USC is looking like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. I mean, that's what you're talking about, Lincoln Riley's teams. And people are factoring in what happened with him at Oklahoma. You're right. Uh, Trevor Maz joins us, ESPN College Football. Okay, so you answered uh, one of my questions there. I'm going to give you another one here. Uh, I, I I think I'm the only guy that talks about this team is Clemson. Clemson's 10-1. and one. Why is Clemson number eight behind LSU, USC, and Alabama? They are 10 and one, Trevor. Yep. It's about two things. It's about schedule because right now I don't think there's anybody, anybody on their schedule that's currently ranked. You have to take a look. Is Wake Forest ranked somewhere? No, not, they're not. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so they haven't beat anybody that's currently ranked. And that's a problem with the committee with their metrics. Uh, they got smoked by Notre Dame, although that's looking less and less bad as Notre Dame continues to look more and more good. Uh, and their offense for Clemson has never looked dominant. Their defense has been banged up. The committee takes that into account, but they're coming together on both sides of the ball at exactly the right time. The defense is starting to get healthier, although there's still some guys that are banged up. They've committed more to the running game in the latter part of the season. And Will Shipley, at running back, is one of the best in the country. And so why not commit more to the running game? D.J. Uyunglele, at quarterback, is is not great, but he's becoming better, right? So he, he's less of a liability. He's starting to become more of a neutral, maybe even slight positive. So you put all that stuff together, and I agree with you that Clemson is a better team now than most people realize. But I think the... Um, the committee is looking at who they've beaten, and they haven't beaten anybody that's currently ranked. Well, let's look at Florida State. But but here's uh, the thing: Florida State currently ranked? No, uh, no, they're not. So oh yeah, they are. Florida State's ranked 16. There you go. So here's the thing, though: we we know that that, that Clemson is a a team that's always around in the, in this playoff conversation, and they are 10 and one. They are playing better now. Uh, than they were earlier on the season, and just and I get it. The ACC's down. Okay, that that's fine. But the bottom line is, I think we can all agree that Clemson on any given day could beat any one of these teams ahead of them, and that means anybody in the the top four. And if that, their defense is healthy, they have a chance. Yeah, I mean, um, if I mean, their defense is healthy, they have a chance. Yeah, I'm just saying. That yeah. I think this team is just yeah. nobody has talked about this Clemson team at all. Uh, yeah, all, all year, and I think that's a little bit of a travesty. And can they remember that it, it is Dabo Sweeney, and he's probably got just as much talent, if not more talent, than any other team that's that's ranked ahead of him. Yep, and uh, and you're right about that, and you're right to talk about him, and and you're right that they are being they're kind of an afterthought right now. They they could still make the playoff. They need a lot of help in front of them, but they still could. But why is USC in front of them? USC is in front of them because the Trojans' one loss is on the road at ranked Utah, lost by one point. It was a really tight game. Yeah. <clears throat> Clemson's one loss was on the road at ranked Notre Dame, and they got blown out. Mm. They just got blistered by Notre Dame. So I think the committee, that's their excuse to grade them down a little bit. They had an off day, but, like every team does. Yeah, no, no they, they did have an off day. But yeah. the thing is, they're getting better. They're getting healthier. They're getting better. And you're right about that. Now, I think in the ACC championship game against – North Carolina, I think they're going to beat North Carolina. I think they're going to beat them pretty good. Right. But when um, 
but this week they've got the rivalry game against South Carolina. They just scored 63 points against Tennessee. And if Spencer Rattler, the South Carolina quarterback, is as hot against Clemson as he was against Tennessee, although Clemson is a much different animal on defense. But he was under pressure and making dime throws against tightly covered receivers at times against Tennessee. If, if Rattler's just that hot, they're going to push Clemson, so that, that's going to be their big uh, their big hurdle to overcome. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. I'm thinking Clemson smoked South Carolina, that emotional win, and we've seen it all the time, Trevor, that uh, teams that to have these big emotional wins, uh, they, they tend to fall flat a little bit, and I think against that Clemson team who just is getting better and better, that's what I'm thinking. I know it's a big number. It's 14, 14 and a half points in, in this game this week, but we'll see. Okay, I want to get your thoughts on the big game here, uh, Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State's an eight-point favorite in this one. We remember what happened last year. Uh, Michigan uh, shocked Ohio State 42-27. That game was in Ann Arbor. Uh, we know Ohio State, they're kind of banged up a running back, but, you know, we know that they have depth at that running back position. Blake Corum, a guy that you did the feature on Sports Center last week, and that was fantastic. I loved your breakdown of him, too, by the way, Trevor, especially when you're talking about him blocking, too, as well, too. I think you used some sound effects. You boom, bang, whatever it was. I thought you were John Madden there for a minute last week. That was great. <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, how do you see it, my man? Uh, I see this as a passer's duel. Because both running back rooms are banged up. Blake Corum from Michigan is, is their starter, and he is absolutely you know one of the best running backs in the country, and he's what makes them work. Donovan Edwards is his backup, but he didn't play last week uh, in their game against Illinois, Michigan's, uh, because he's banged up. And so you know the the if they're still banged up and less than a hundred percent, then the passing game for Michigan is going to have to step up. Ohio State, their top two running backs are banged up as well, although the third stringer, uh, a freshman, um, has been really, really good, Dallin Hayden, but he's still a freshman and he's still third string. So to me, if the running backs are banged up against two very good defenses, I think that this will come down to a passer's duel. And what that means is that J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, is going to need to stop leaving opportunities on the table. His completion percentage is about the same as Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, but Stroud throws for more yards per attempt because he's more likely to hit receivers in stride so they can keep running, whereas McCarthy is more likely to hit an open receiver and make him stop and then restart, and then the defense gets there to, to limit opportunities for yards after the catch that are there if he throws the ball out in front. So McCarthy, I think, is going to have a ton of pressure on him to elevate his game, not to do things that he's not done before, but just to make sure that every every yard, every touchdown, every possibility that's there in a given pass play is taken advantage of and not missed an opportunity. And he missed a bunch of them against Illinois in the second half when Corum was out, and it really was his arm that had to carry them to victory. He did it, but this Ohio State team is a different animal to have to go up against. Mm-hmm. All right, and the winner is? The winner is Ohio State. Ohio State all year really since the since the loss in Ann Arbor last year, it's had a chip on their shoulder. It's been a long time since Ohio State has gone into an offseason fully angry. And, I mean, the storming of the field, all the rest of it, and that loss to Michigan was, was sticking in their craw. They have a new defensive coordinator. I don't think they're going to get housed even if Blake Corum does play and play at a high level in this game. I think the Ohio State defense will do better at not getting trucked in the running game. Michigan would still run the ball well in that situation. 
but not as well, not as not in such dominating fashion. And I think that the the improved Ohio State defense to go along with just a better quarterback receiver combination and playing at home and being just furious and have been furious for a full year. I think they take it all out on Michigan. Now, Michigan's still the best offensive line in college football, one of the top two or three defenses in college football. It'll be a tough game. But if I had to pick it, I would think that Ohio State is going to cover that seven and a half. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. All right. Let's uh, real quick, before we let you go, change gears to the NFL real quick. Uh, the Jets benching quarterback Zach Wilson, a guy uh, from your alma mater at BYU, just uh, number two pick You know, several years ago, just hasn't got it done this year with the Jets, was downright awful last week against the Patriots. He made some comments after uh, the game, um, and now – Robert Saul, the head coach, is benching him. He's not even going to be active this week, Trevor. Mike White gets the start for the Jets this week. And Joe Flacco is the backup. Uh, give me your thoughts about Zach Wilson as a quarterback, the comments, everything that's happening in that locker room there with the Jets. Yeah, it's, it is a real nightmare. And what happened was against the Patriots in that loss, it was 3-3 three to three late, and the Patriots had a, a walk-off punt return touchdown to beat the Jets in New England. And neither offense did very well, but the the Jets' offense was putrid. They had 103 total yards, two total yards in the second half, two. And in the press conference after the game, and, and Zach Wilson played poorly. He just played poorly. Uh, now, he had injuries on his offensive line, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he played poorly and missed a lot of opportunities. He was asked by the media after the game if he feels like he let the defense down by not scoring and by having such a bad offensive performance. And Zach Wilson said no. That was it, no. And that made the defense furious because clearly he did. It made his wide receivers furious. I mean, Garrett Wilson talked about how the the passing game is not getting it done that the coaches are letting mistakes happen in practice that they need to correct, and they're not. I mean, sort of a veiled strike against Zach Wilson. And so the fact that he made the defense so mad, the fact that the wide receivers look like they don't believe in him, I think they sat him down because they had to. I think Coach Sala had to to bench him because that was where the wind was blowing with the team in a major way. And keep this in mind that Nick Saban always says that, that your starting quarterback is often selected by the team, the guy that they rally around the most. Look at the Washington Commanders who have Taylor Heineke at quarterback. He, he's not a better quarterback. Certainly he's not as talented as Carson Wentz, but the team rallies around him. It's a better team with him. And right now the team doesn't want to play for Zach Wilson. And the problem there is that, you know, even though Coach Sala says that the plan is to let him reset and then get him back on the field, at this point, it's almost impossible to come back from that. You can, but it's really hard for the team to believe, I don't want to play for this guy. This guy's costing us victories. We have a championship-caliber defense, a good running game. That guy's holding us back. To bench him and then to try to, um, you know, for that player to try to come back, down the road, it is not easy. So a lot of this will have to do with how well Mike White plays in Zach Wilson's stead. And, uh, but Zach Wilson right now, he's, he's in a very difficult place. You got it. All right. He is Trevor Maddich. Trevor, what is on the Maddich Thanksgiving table tomorrow? Let's hear it real quick. Oh, 
turkey ham <laughs> stuffing, but chicken and dumplings take center stage. Really? You can okay. Get turkey anywhere. Yeah, there yeah, you, you go. I'm with you. Good chicken and dumplings, though. Good chicken and dumplings made by Grandma is <laughs> is a treat that you must never take or take for granted. Grandma manages chicken and dumplings. Nothing like it. Oh, yum, yum. All right, brother. All right. Well, enjoy. Hey, happy uh, Thanksgiving to you and the lovely Dana, the whole family, everybody else. I know you'll uh, be watching a lot of football. You'll be working as well, too. So uh, appreciate you, as always, my friend. Thanks, DC. I appreciate you having me on. There you go, brother. All right. We'll talk to Trevor a little bit later in the show. Best bets, Trevor. We'll talk to you then soon. All right. There he is. All right. Dolly Parton. There you go, Trev. We're sending you out with your Dolly Parton. Joseph Ward, Is he crying? Said, Trevor, are you crying right now? I'm a little teary. <laughs> there it is. Okay, we'll wipe away the tears. Today's show brought to you by Kleenex. Hour number two on the way. We go across the pond. A little Paul Stryker Stewart. Not Buck Power Day. Stryker. We talked that World Cup fiasco that we've seen earlier this morning and yesterday. Argentina, Germany. Oh my goodness gracious! We had no money. Why was I'm crying right now? In my coat Jose's crying. Colors, We're my crying. Made for me. Live. In the entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. Number two, coming your way here on a little pre-Thanksgiving show. Remember, tomorrow, you've got the T.C. Martin Show Song Fest, Volume 2. We'll play that for you tomorrow. Look forward to that. Friday, best of, and including our best bet segment from today. Because we're going to be doing best bets a little bit later on this hour. So you get it a couple days early. We'll incorporate the Thursday and Friday games if our handicappers would like. We're throwing that out there. So we got that and a whole lot more. Hour number two on this wild Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully everyone has a very, very nice Thanksgiving Day weekend. All right, we continue on here. World Cup. Three days into it. We've already had some massive upsets. One earlier today. One yesterday, and who do we talk to? None other than our good friend, 
from across the pond. And no, not today, ladies and gentlemen. He is not Paul Buck Power Stewart because there will be no mention of Tampa Bay Buccaneers whatsoever. No Bucks, thank goodness. No T.J. Reeves. Well, uh, T.J. Reeves may he may get a he may get a slight in there. Who knows what? I mean, he may may get a jab or two in there. But no Buccaneer talk today. No. Join us now across the pond. Our World Cup insider, Paul Stryker Stewart. What's going on, Stryker? A very good afternoon to you, TC, and good afternoon, everybody in Vegas. Yeah, to us, the World Cup's fantastic. We beat Iran 6-2. Everything's great here in England, thank you. We, 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 are, are you wearing the, the English jersey? Are, are you suiting up there? Are you the third-string goalie by any chance? No, 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 no. I've still got my NFL jersey on the moment. No, I mean, this is a national sport. Yes. You do talk about we. So when we, you know, we're going to talk about Team USA, you talk you, you can use the we phrase because this is national pride, national interest. Mm-hmm. You get behind your country, and right now everything's great as far as English mm-hmm. soccer is concerned. All right. So we have the Paul Stewart World Cup pool. All right. He is the mastermind behind this. Now we all do our March Madness pools, you know, we've got fantasy football, this, that, but Paul Stewart is the only one that I know that uh, does the World Cup pool. And yes, I participated. Uh, it did take me a long time, Paul. I don't know, you know, what it took the average ham and egg in your pool to, to fill out those 48 games, but I took mine very, very seriously here. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, your pool here, even though we're not playing for any grandioso prizes. I mean, bragging rights. I'm not happy about that. I mean, that's a lot of work, a lot of mind work going into this for absolutely nothing, my friend. Bragging rights for everything, TC. So, yes, this <laughs> prediction competition, what you had to do was predict the result of each of the 48 group games. You either pick who would win or if it would be a draw. So, right now, after 12 games, nine is leading. No one has even got a 75% record is the best. And if I look down the standings, I'd like to point out that I have eight and you and a certain TJ Reeves only have seven. Would you care to comment on the current standings, TC? Only seven? Seven and the leader has nine. I, I think that that's right there. If we're in a horse race, Paul, I'm in striking position right now. You just, I, you know, striker. There it is. I'm in right there. Uh, now that's a movie reference too, as you probably, you know, because you are so adept at our American movie classics, Paul. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about when I said striker? No, I don't know that one. When I think of Thanksgiving movies, I'm totally right. into planes, trains, automobiles, but you have to enlighten me on this okay, one. Okay, well, you hit the first one. What's the first thing you said there? What's the first one you said? Right there. Planes, 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 planes. Striker. Oh, it's an, an airplane. Oh, it's airplane. There it is. Striker. Does, Nubchuck yes. doesn't even know what we're talking about. See, Paul knows. Yeah. Striker. Wasn't Striker the pilot? Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. But, um, yeah, fantastic. I love that. Actually, a good point. Yeah, I should have got into that film. But uh, surely you can't be serious, TC. Oh, stop calling me Shirley. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm right there. I mean, I think my picks are, will hold up. Now, I know that you'd love to give me a bad time, and I'll, I'll allow you to do it because, of course, I had uh, Germany, I believe I had Germany winning today, didn't I, Paul? Did I have them winning or did I have them part of a draw? I can't remember. No, you had them to win. We only yeah. had two people predicting a draw. So I'd like to point out that TJ has actually said next time the Bucks play in Tokyo, he'll buy you a Japanese football jersey <laughs> yes. to replace the German soccer one he didn't get you in Munich. Yes, and it's funny how 
He's now saying the one he's going to get me a different jersey. So that means he's just just backed out altogether of following through with what he promised to get the jersey, even though it's going to be a little bit late. But you know, my my Amazon delivery still hasn't hit home yet. I still do not have my German national jersey, but I don't know, Paul, after witnessing what I witnessed this morning, I'm not sure I want one, but I mean, I do like those jerseys too. I think they, you know, I have every, uh, cup, uh, jersey that the Germans have worn probably since 2006, I think. So, uh, I, I do, you know, I was expecting that to be delivered to me, basically shipped to me directly from Germany since that one TJ Reeves was there. And, uh, you know, since you weren't there, you didn't take the bullet train over. So I guess I'm just going to have to let, you know, uh, Amazon take care of it or somebody else. But, but anyway, but back to the match. Yes. Thoroughly disgusted. Um, as I told Numchuck and I told our listeners the other day, it's 5 a.m. here. So I said, okay, I'm turning off my phone. I don't want any spoil alerts. I was not going to get up at five in the morning. So I recorded the match, got up about seven, and then I watched it from the beginning. And sure enough, I turn on my phone and, you know, there's, there's TJ Reeves text. There's messages from you. And I know that you guys are just, you know, you're going to do spoiler. So I, I put my phone aside. That's why you didn't hear from me for about two or three hours this morning. But I thought the Germans played exceptionally well in the first half. I They should have had a 2-0 lead. It was only 1-0. They had a chance to add to it. Then I thought they continued on for probably the first maybe 15 to 20 minutes of the second half. And then the final 20 minutes, Paul, all hell just broke loose. And they played no defense whatsoever. And Japan just turned it up a notch. Not only did uh, Japan, you know, draw the score, it, it, it won. Then they got the go-ahead score and they win 2-1. Just downright embarrassment for the German national team again. I think what you need to look at, I mean, apart from the fact the German left back, that's some of the worst defense I've ever seen played in a World Cup game. What we've had now is... There are really no weak teams in the World Cup anymore. Now, when you go back to the the 70s and the 80s, you had teams coming in from, you know, from the Australasian area, from Africa, and any chance to play on the world stage, you never saw their players outside of their own country. So they never had any experience. Now, with the explosion of TV rights of the Premier League, of Serie A, La Liga and all the leagues in Europe, those teams are now going out to other countries to find the best players. So the best players in Japan, in Africa and America are playing in these big European leagues. They're getting the experience. They're playing at the highest level. So now when they come to play for their national team in the World Cup, suddenly it's not such a big deal. They're not overall by it. So the fact that Japan beat Germany is not the surprise. It would have been 40 years ago. Yes, you still get one or two results like Iran got outclassed, Costa Rica got you know, annihilated by Spain today, but you have Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. And as I say, it's not such a big shock as it used to be, but people still have the perception that it is a surprise. Well, see, now I'll take the other side of that. There are still some dreadful teams. As we know, Qatar has no business being in this World Cup. Host country, I get that. They're not going to score a goal. They're not going to score a goal. Costa Rica may not score a goal. Senegal might not score a goal. I mean, Senegal probably will. But those three teams are downright awful. And there's probably another one in there as well, too, that maybe I'm missing. But I think though, in Iran, let's throw Iran in there. Those teams are awful, Paul. Terrible. 
Yeah, they are. They are rather. They were a little bit tactically naive. Now, Iran tried to play a nine-man defence against England, allowed England to come at them. Now, the idea being, and it's happened in World Cups in the past, you try and almost frustrate the better team. You know, you you try and stop them. So in the end, they get frustrated. And then by the end of the game, they start panicking. You break away and score. Back in 1990, Costa Rica beat Scotland 1-0 with pretty much their only shot on goal, trying that exact tactic. But again, I think, you know, those are lesser. There are less poor teams now than there ever were in the past. Now, the World Cup has expanded. We've got 32 teams now. There are going to be 48 teams in the next World Cup. Eventually, by 2030, it might be easy enough for Scotland to even qualify. But it's been a good World Cup. Cup so far. We've had some interesting games. We've had the interesting results. I mean, Qatar are really upset. They bought this World Cup and then someone told them they had to go and try and win a match as well. They want their money back. (laughs) Right. Paul Stewart joins us talking a little World Cup. We've seen the upset today. We saw probably the greatest upset in World Cup history Yesterday, you mentioned it, Saudi Arabia defeats Argentina 2-1. I believe Saudi Arabia had two shots on goal, Paul, and they both scored. I mean, how crazy is that? Now, the, the Germans getting beat by Japan, the way that unfolded, that was shocking. But Argentina was the cup favorite here at the sports books. And if you talked or listened to any of the panelists, uh, especially on the American broadcast that Fox is doing, everybody picked Argentina to win. Talk about how difficult it is for Germany now and for Argentina to get through to the knockout stage. Because as we know, I believe the percentage is somewhere around 85, 90%. When you lose that first match, more, more times than not, 90%, you're not going through to the knockout stage. Well, one of my friends is Martin Gramatica, the former Buccaneers NFL kicker who's Argentinian. It's funny, he's ignoring me on Facebook at the moment. I think he knows why. Um, Argentina lost this, their opening game in 1990 to Cameroon in very similar circumstances, but still then won their next two games and ended up in the final. So it can be done. You put yourself behind the eight ball, to use an American sports analogy. You've probably got to win both your remaining two games to do it. So, yes, Argentina can still do that. I think they were guilty of a fluke result. You know, you, you know, you've sometimes there have been some great shocks in March Madness where a, a number 64 seed is overturned a number one type seed. You know the big shocks you occasionally get because it's not a best of seven series. It's a one-off game. So I think Argentina are very complacent. They've had the wake-up call of all wake-up calls. They need to come out and win their next game. Yes, I think they can still do it. But as I said, it, they're up against it now. It may be tougher for Germany because their next game is against Spain, uh, where Argentina really doesn't have anyone of that caliber in their group. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Paul Stewart joins us. So we know we have the craziness of the World Cup. It's exciting. It's fantastic. What do you want to say to people, especially people here in the United States, that may not watch much soccer at all and you know don't understand it? What what do you want to say to those people or what can you do to engage them to, hey, watch this, give this a try? You're supporting your country, TC. Now, we've talked on air before that America don't really have a national sport. 
football, baseball, hockey, basketball, you go into the, any kind of event, you would win them. So the only time you've ever really root for the USA is in the Ryder Cup, which is you're just playing Europe once every two years. And then occasionally you get into the Olympics where there are dozens of events and you cheer for American athletes, which, again, isn't really supporting your country. Now, here in England and in other countries, we support our country in different events, whether it's the Cricket World Cup, whether it's rugby, whether it's soccer, it's something we're used to doing. So you put aside your support for Tottenham, for Liverpool, for Manchester United. You come together to support England. So on Friday, the USA play England. It's an 11 o'clock um, Pacific time start, I believe, 2 o'clock East Coast, 7 o'clock over here in the evening. You're, whether you understand soccer or not, whether you like soccer or not, it doesn't matter. You are going to a sports bar. You're going to turn your TV on. You are supporting your country. Those 11 players are representing the millions and millions of people from coast to coast, and that's what you get behind. Yep, totally agree with you. No question about it. Okay, you mentioned USA uh, in England on Friday. Well, let's back it up a little bit. USA uh, had the 1-0 lead over Wales. Wales came back, equalized. Uh, bad penalty there by the United States, and and again they put them themselves in, in a bad position. You know, in pool play with only three games, it, you know when you have these leads like Germany had today over Japan, like USA had against Wales, it is a, a crushing. You almost feel like it is a loss. It's a defeat. Now, granted, you still get a point for this. The win you get three, and it's better than a loss where you get none, like Germany got today. But Still, you have to feel if you're USA, you, you let one get away because now you're going to be a decided underdog against England on Friday. Talk a little bit about that match. And I know that's a lot to unpack here, but talk about the match with USA England, the rivalry kind of, so to speak, what the English people are actually saying about this matchup against USA. And what about USA? If they lose this game, do you think that they're done and they will not? move through to the next round. Well, the last time America beat England at anything, you were throwing tea into the harbour in Boston. <laughs> so it's about time you had a chance for some success. Wait, is, is this another Tom Brady reference? Is, is, is that right? You know, Boston, Boston Tea Party? Um, the boat parade? something long, yes. long before Tom Brady. Something around se the 1770s, I think, was the last Slightly time you had any success against okay. us. Okay. Um, no, it's not. You're not. No, the, the point you got against Wales was OK. Now, the way you look at it, even if you've got a draw against England and England would be quite happy with that. You know, we're, we're in the driving seat in that in that group. So if we take a point from the game against America, even a point against Wales, five would get us through. So even if you draw this game, you expect that Wales are going to beat Iran. You would then have to go and beat Iran by more than Wales do. So if if. Wales beat Iran by two goals. You're going to have to go out in the last game and beat them by three. So you go ahead of them on, on the tiebreaker. That's what you've got to look at. You can't really, even if you were to lose to England, you would probably just then need England to beat Wales. You would still have a chance of going through because it is only the top two to go through. So I think, I don't know if you're that necessarily massive underdogs against England. England have done the hard work already. A draw would suit them fine. So, as I said, it's not the end of the world if you don't win the game. It's not completely the end of the world if you lose it. But a win for America tomorrow would put you in a fantastic place because it would mean you would, you know, any kind of result against Iran would get you through. It would also mean I would not be on the show for the next month because I would not be able to handle the stick <laughs> I would take from you and Nunchuck. 
what is the view of you English uh, Brits over there, you soccer heads towards uh, Team USA and this uh, soccer team? Do do the English people think that okay, this is this is a walkover? They still kind of have the lack of respect for American soccer. No, and don't forget, we're not Brits in this. Britain encompasses the four countries. Is in of Great Britain. We are just England in this competition. Uh, there, there you go. I Wales like to hear that. There you go. That, yeah, I'm too confused. So, yes, with all the golf talk okay. and everything else. You're right. Yes. Is this more important? Uh, is this the same wavelength as the the cricket World Cup or the rugby World Cup for you? No, soccer World Cup is much yeah, bigger. Of course. Um, so, for example, when we play Wales, that's more of a that's a real local rivalry. So, you know, it's it's part of the you know the Great Britain. The Welsh will totally want to win that game. That is a chance for bragging rights for years and years if they were to win that game against us. But I mean, I think if you look back 40, 50 years when England were playing America at soccer, we'd have just started laughing, thinking, okay, that's a second rate, lower level team. We should beat them easily. I think there's a lot more respect for the game now. The way the game has grown with with the the soccer league that you you know the two levels of soccer you now have across the United States. It's never going to take away from the four big sports. We know that, but it's a huge participation sport. So I think that no one in England is underestimating this game tomorrow um, and then on Friday, and they're looking forward to it. But as I said, it is a chance for bragging rights. We do consider America our neighbours, even though you're 4,000 miles away. And yeah, they're going to be bragging rights between you and me and uh, TJ Reese on this one, my friends. There you go. He is Paul Stryker-Stewart talking a little World Cup here, <laughs> 2022. All right, we've mentioned this before, that this tournament being in Qatar is it's it's a drawback. I mean, first of all, the World Cup usually takes place in the summertime. Here we are in November, around Thanksgiving, and we're having this played. Uh, temperature's still very hot there, but this is weird. This, you know, none of these countries play Qatar in friendlies. I mean, it's just very unusual. Maybe that has something to do with the early upsets that we've seen. But let's talk a little bit about some of the problems there in Qatar. Early on, we know coming into it, the slave labor, those issues that you and I talked about, we're both disgusted about that. Uh, give me your viewpoint here and what you've heard for the, you know, the opening days here so far of any other issues that have taken place with either teams or just, uh, you know, the, the surroundings there and the venues there in Qatar. What's been happening in the British media, and I'll talk about the British media in general, all the national newspapers and, and media outlets, TC, is they've been trying to make their own, not silent protests, but they're trying, you know, OK, if the players can't make any statements on the field and the German players all lined up and covered their mouths today to say they've been silenced for protesting, well, the British commentators are doing the same thing. They're wearing, you know, wristbands or they're making comments along those lines now it's quite okay for them to go out there and take the money people like david beckham have gone out there and taken a lot of money to appear as ambassadors for the event it's a bit late now to try and get on your high horse and say things about well we shouldn't really be here you should have done that before you accepted the money my view now tc is look we've done all the protests we know it shouldn't have been there Let's get on with the foot, the soccer now. Let's get on with the games. Let's enjoy the actual on-field action. Because at the end of the day, it's still a soccer pitch. It's still 90 minutes. It's still two teams. Let's let's concentrate on that, who gets through and who wins. And let's worry about the ramifications for having the World Cup 
after the trophy's been presented. Yeah, well said. All right. He is Paul Pitch Power Stewart. There we go. Nubchuck came up with that one. Pitch Power. Of course, the pitch is the field. You know, I love the pitch. <laughs> All right, Paul. What is the Thanksgiving tradition happening over there? Not only for you, but uh, England. Uh, anybody celebrating? Or are you guys just going to be drunk in bars, uh, you know, watching soccer? I think basically, I mean, we talked about this last year on the show, TC, that Thanksgiving is very much a celebration for American people. Mm. And you might get invited round to Americans' house to to celebrate the food with them. We have inherited Black Friday from you. Believe me, that's all <laughs> over. Every outlet. Wait, now, are you working? Because you're a working man. Are you a working man tomorrow? Is, just a, is it another Thursday for you tomorrow? Yeah, it's just a normal day for me. <laughs> now, I am going to be cooking a Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving dinner for myself because I've got a friend of mine coming back who's been working in India for the past year. She hasn't had a roast dinner, you know, a proper cooked dinner like that in a year. So I need to practice tomorrow with my Thanksgiving dinner for when she comes down in a couple of weeks. So I will be sending a picture for you. You can send me all these great things you have but different uh, burger and steak joints around Vegas. Mm. It'll be my turn tomorrow. and I'm expecting some compliments for my cooking for what I show you. You're actually going to cook. Are you going to be over a stove? Yes. You're going to be in a kitchen. Okay. And what is that menu? Let's hear the menu. It's going to be, it's just going to be a turkey joint with potatoes and vegetables and probably some kind of chocolate dessert. Something quite simple. That will do. That, that's as American as you can get. The you're, you're an honorary American. I mean, you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer at heart anyway. I mean, just, just get rid of the, 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 your English passport or whatever. Get, get rid, get rid of that, those, those colors, that red and white. You're an American. No, no, no. I, I am definitely not American at seven <laughs> o'clock UK time on Friday for the 90 minutes when we when we get you back for the Boston Tea Party. No, I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving. I'll sit and watch the two, you know, the first two NFL games. The other one's a bit late for me. But yeah, so, you know, I, I remember presenting the show, the NFL coverage on Thanksgiving night on British TV. And we always used to get a local restaurant to bring a proper turkey into the studio. And it's amazing how many floor managers and cameramen and extra makeup artists we had turn up on the hope they were going to get fed when we were off camera there it is so you and john madden were sharing a uh, turducken huh oh i do yes yes of course john madden used to always do his uh, turkey award didn't he on a thursday there in the go. games there you god go god rest his soul all right paul we appreciate the time as always we'll continue to follow along in your world cup pool uh, i expect to be uh, at the top of the table very very soon and taking home that grand prize Oh, by the way, yeah, there is no grand prize. It's just bragging rights. That's it. I, I, I expect streamers. I expect uh, acknowledgments. You know, whatever it is. I, I want to be on BBC Nine uh, on the telly there. I think there's more chance of the Arizona Coyotes uh, winning the Stanley Cup, TC. Whoa, listen to that. This is brutal. Remind me why we continue to have him on the show. I don't know. Because he's fun. He's fun. <laughs> yeah, capital F. Yeah, he's fun, all right. All right, my man. Hey, enjoy your turkey. I can hardly wait to see uh, your shenanigans. I mean, your cooking, uh, your prowess, your skills in the kitchen. I can hardly wait to see these photographs. They're, they're, they're as good as my prediction skills. No, I want to wish to you, to Numchuck, to everybody at the station, to everybody who listens and the people who get in touch with me, I wish you and your families a very happy Thanksgiving. I wish you all the best for this side of the Atlantic. There you go, my friend. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next week. There he is. Paul Pitch Power Striker Stewart. 
You got to love it. All right, we come back. We talk a little more football. Marco D'Angelo is in the house getting ready for an early look at the best bets. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. In. Forty years, the Thriller album released. How about that? And it just lives forever. You got to love it. All right. Continuing on here. Hope everyone is having themselves a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving weekend. The long weekend here. You got to love it. The food. The football. We got basketball. We got everything happening. And, of course, we have our best bets coming your way as well. So hang tight for that. And join us now live in studio. The one and only Marco D'Angelo in the house. Marco, what's going on? Been busy taping shows all day. <laughs> DC. Yeah, it never ends, right, man? There it is. And you're not getting any World Cup uh, uh, videos, no World Cup. You probably, you probably haven't watched one minute of, of any World Cup action, have you? You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> not in your wheelhouse, right? No, I got other guys that can do the... World Cup and plus you got to start too early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You're not a 5 a.m. guy, huh? No. I, I, Going to bed, yes, but getting up, no. Okay, I understand. All right, my friend. Uh, so obviously we've been talking to our guests during this entire week about what is on their Thanksgiving Day table. Uh, what are you going with, man? Let's hear it. I'm traditional. It's turkey. It's sweet potatoes, mm. stuffing. It is like Turkey's one of those meals for Thanksgiving mm. and then New Year's Day, pork and sauerkraut. I love both of those meals, mm. but why do we have to only have them once a year? It's like, right? You know, I, I like them. I should yeah. have them more, but then it wouldn't be as special. All right. Chef Marco or, uh, or, or Chef Lori or who, or is this catered in? Or- no, this is uh, Chef Lori and her, <laughs> her brand new kitchen. So she's got to really brand new kitchen. So, That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's got to do it. Uh, I put up with the re- re- remodeling during football season. Uh, she better uh, hit it out of the park tomorrow. <laughs> Hope she's listening. <laughs> so the sawdust has now gone away and everything, yeah. but you still have like the, the drills in your brain, don't you? I still have the drills in my brain for some of the videos and pictures you shared <laughs> with me over the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I never showed you the finished product. I'll have to show you that. Yeah, well, that, that would that would mean a uh, an actual invitation uh, to the Palisades over there at the uh, DM. Angelo uh, Palace, uh, and I would full ex- uh, expect you know a a five or six course meal. Absolutely, you already invited yourself to a barbecue yeah. when, I, when I sent you the pictures from a customer from <laughs> which I never still never got the the invitation though. Yeah. Omaha, Nebraska, big big yeah, yeah. order of uh, steaks sent me from his shop. So yeah. yeah, how how were those steaks anyway? They're good. They're really good. Oh man, okay, some ribeye, some porterhouse, New York strip, <laughs> filet. Bacon wrap. Now, why am I hearing a drill when I'm, I'm starting to hear some succulent meats there? <laughs> I think you're a little bit late on that, Chuck. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're done with the drill part right now. All right. Well, it's time to drill some winners. That's what we got to do because it's time for the best bets. It's football Friday and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. That's right. Our three best college plays, three best NFL plays, encompassing the weekend. Might have some Friday plays, Saturday, Sunday, 
Here we go. Three best college, three best NFL. Marco D'Angelo in the house here today. Trevor Maddich back with us by phone. Trevor Maddich on fire. 40 and 26 is the man's record. And he's really tearing it up on the college side. Trev, congratulations, my man. You are doing it. Well, so far, so good. But I am furious with Stanford. <laughs> I had the under on that one. And I had the, and the under was there with five seconds to go. <laughs> yeah. And Stanford down 10 lined up for a 61-yard field goal. Why? Just because. And they make it to push the total over. Uh, really, Stanford? Well, how about really Stanford? Really, Cal? I was on Stanford. It was one of my best bets. I'm cruising. They are crushing Cal this entire game. And then all of a sudden, Cal goes on a 21-0 run in the final, like, seven minutes of this game. And Stanford turned the ball over. It's ridiculous. I mean, Stanford this- had that game. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to win the game outright. I don't need the four and a half, the five points. What happens? Oh, yeah, they lose 27-20 by seven. So it takes you out of a winner. It takes me out of a winner. You're right. I'm mad at Stanford. And this is why my hair is going the direction that your hair already is. Ooh. Marco doesn't have to deal with stuff like this. <laughs> wait, have you have you gotten a good look at Marco? Now, wait a minute now. See, I'm not, I will not be singled out here. Marco is my ball-headed receding hairline brother over there. Jeez. Uh, just... Well, you know, you know what they say. You know, we're only giving so much testosterone, and you can use yours growing hair if you want. There it is. And, and this <laughs> yeah. is from a man who decided to grow a full beard, a dark beard, too. I don't think it's Grecian formula. And you can see him on SportsCenter delivering the picks, delivering the goods, and, of course, here on the show with the beard. I, I do believe since he's grown the beard now. What is that, Trevor, like an eight-week beard? I don't know how long it takes, but I know that it helps cushion the blow if I fall on my face. So I like it. Good, man. All right, Trevor Match, your three best college plays for the weekend. Go. All right, Texas laying eight and a half at home against Baylor. I like the Longhorns here. I like them, first of all, because they're just a better team top to bottom. And their quarterback, Quinn Ewers, has been up and down. Uh, He's due for being up. And they've they've got playmakers that Baylor doesn't have. But I also really like the spot because Baylor's already qualified for a bowl game. They've got nothing to play for except for pride right now, which is a lot, but Texas has that too. But if Texas wins on Friday and then the next day, Saturday, Kansas state loses in the rivalry game to Kansas, Texas goes to the big 12 championship game. And so Texas has everything in the whole wide world to play for. I expect them to uh, give everything they've got and have one of their up weeks. Also, when you look at Baylor's trajectory with their rushing defense, the first half of the season, it was really, really good. But over the last three or four games, it's been really, really bad. And so they, they've sort of fallen off. And I think that Bijan Robinson and the Texas ground game will go off in the second half against Baylor. So I, I think the, the talent favors Texas, the spot favors Texas, and I'm willing to lay eight and a half with the Longhorns at home. Then I've got UCLA. And Cal, your favorite team, Cal, UCLA is laying 10 at Cal, and, and I am going with the favorites. I'm going with UCLA. They lost to their big rival USC last week, 48-45. to It was a heartbreaking loss. Cal beat their big rival, biggest rival, uh, Stanford, last week, so they're all super happy. But this is also a big rivalry. And I think that UCLA is better everywhere on the field than Cal. I mean, way better for the most part. 
Cal's defense is horrible. UCLA's defense struggles against better offenses, but Cal's offense is generally putrid, and UCLA's offense is one of the best in the country. And I just think if you just say both defenses are unfortunate, and then Cal's offense can't score, UCLA's offense can score with the best of them, I think that's enough for UCLA to cover the 10. So I'll take the, the road team and lay the points. And then I've got to have my under, my under Toledo at Western Michigan. The total is 53.5. And I think this one is a good play to the under because Western Michigan, uh, they have a pretty good defense, but they can't throw the ball at all. They're, they're going to try to run the ball against Toledo and try to control the clock. I think that points towards the under. Toledo's got a pretty good defense as well. I think Toledo will have to score most of the points if they're going to go over 53 and a half. But then you look at the trend as well. Um, the under is hit in two of Toledo's last three games. Um, it's hit uh, seven of the last eight Western Michigan games. So I think that the trend trends towards the under as well. Plus, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where this game will be played, it's supposed to be cold and windy. So I'm going to go with the under 53.5 Toledo, Western Michigan. He is Trevor Maddich, ESPN, college football analyst, and the king of the unders. All right, Marco D'Angelo, what do you got for our college football weekend? Well, TC, I gave you this first one last Friday at the Westgate. I told you if... Oregon gets their revenge over Utah. I will be all over the Beavers at home to play spoiler. That was a big revenge game from last year. They lost to Utah twice in a three-week period, and they need to win this game to go to the Pac-12 championship game. Nope. Oregon State says, no way, we're going to rain on your parade. And by the way, Oregon State, the last two seasons, 11-0 at home against the spread. It ain't broke. I ain't fixing it. You always like the beaver. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'll just leave that one go. And let's go to Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Kind of the same scenario. What's Oklahoma got to play for? They're six and five. You're bowl eligible. Woohoo! You're the Sooners at six and five. They got their rivalry win last week over Oklahoma State. They did all their scoring in the first quarter. And they took the rest of the game off. I think they're going to take the rest of the season off. I'm going with Texas Tech at home. This is a big game for Texas Tech. Yeah, they're bowl eligible already as well. Neither team has anything to truly play for. But if you're Texas Tech and you have a chance to beat Oklahoma, you are going to do it, and they get it done on Saturday. In the last one, man, I dug deep. I went to the MAC conference on a Saturday. You the and Trevor! The final Saturday of the regular season, and we're looking at Kent State at Buffalo. Now, Kent State's 4-7, and seven, TC. Uh, nothing to play for here other than maybe spoiler. And yeah, they're going to play spoiler. Why? Because Buffalo needs to win this game to become bowl eligible. They're sitting there with five wins. They need that sixth win. And because they are bowl eligible and because we're looking at a Kent State team that's only 4-7, and seven, why is this line less than a touchdown? They are begging you to take Buffalo. Also, if you look at what Kent State did uh, in the beginning of the season and look at their murderous schedule. September, they had three games on all on the road in the month of September. They started the season at Washington. They followed the Washington game up with a trip to Oklahoma on the road. Then they got Long Island at home, okay, 63-10, to 10, and then they had to go to Georgia. 
That is why this team's 4-7. and seven. They are getting too many points, in my opinion. They win this game, take Kent State. All right, there you go, the golden flashes. All right, I'm going to go with Trevor. I'm agreeing you with you. It's a Friday game. UCLA 10 at Cal. UCLA still has a lot to play for. They scored at will last week, but faced a better offensive juggernaut in USC. Cal is not that, not even close to being that. Cal may not even score a touchdown this week. That's what I'm saying. Yes, they had their party last week and their wild comeback in the big game against their arch rival Stanford. That's enough for them. Justin Wilcox could be gone. Bill Musgrave, their offensive coordinator, is already gone. He got fired last week. Uh, Cal has had no business really winning that game last week, but they're happy. They're done. UCLA coming off the loss. They're going to put the pedal to the metal in this one and destroy Cal on the road. UCLA wins by double digits. I'm going to go with another K in another state, Marco, but I'm going with the K-State, not Kent State. K-State laying 11 against KU. No more rock chalk Jayhawk. This is all about the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, K-State has big things in their mind. They're currently number 12 in the country. They haven't been this high in a long time. And the shine has definitely worn off on the Jayhawks. Yes, Kansas was brought back down to earth uh, again last week where they got destroyed. Uh, they've lost actually their last five out of the last six games and getting drill pressed. And we know who that was against. Texas last week. Texas Tech before that. Baylor, Oklahoma, TCU. K-State won by 25 in this game on the road last year in Lawrence. They're not going to have any problem winning by double digits here. K-State, they want to put it to their arch rival. And this Kansas team, I believe, is just downright tired. They will not be able to uh, punctuate anything with that K-State defense. I like the Wildcats in this one. And finally, I'm going Apple Cup, baby. Washington and Wazoo. The Washington offense is averaging 40 points per contest in its last five games. All wins, by the way. Michael Penix has been fantastic since coming over from Indiana, and he's really gotten better as the season progressed here. I wasn't sure how Washington was going to react early on in this season, and they have been fantastic. Uh, I think they take care of business at Wazoo. Offense has been outstanding. And then Washington State, they went through a stretch of games where they lost four out of the last, or not uh, four out of five games going back about the last month and a half of the season. Uh, they just don't have the offense to keep up with the Huskies. This also revenge game for the Huskies. They lost last year 40 to 13 on their home field. They were in a little bit of disarray, coaching change. Hey, they're rock solid. This thing's circled. It's the Apple Cup. Washington's going to get re uh, revenge, only laying a point and a half. Bring on the apples, baby. I don't care if it's Fuji, if it's Gala, if it's green, whatever it is. Apple Cup winner, Huskies. Trevor. NFL. DC, you are big on revenge. I love revenge. You love revenge games. Ah, I'm a vengeful guy. I've never, and I, I've no, I, I have no idea how to drill press an opponent, but you <laughs> inspired me to learn it because that's I love that. Okay, there you go. Strong stuff. Okay, NFL. NFL. Okay, so Tampa Bay is at Cleveland, laying three and a half, and I like the Buccaneers on this one. I think it's it's time for Brady to start to pull things together for a playoff run. It is. Tom Brady time. And coming off a of bye week, they've had a chance to get healthy, or at least healthier. They've only got one wide receiver right now, Russell Gage, on the injury report. The rest of them aren't even on the report. And it's been a while since he's had close to a full complement of wide receivers. So he's been able to get healthier uh, around him. 
His running back, Leonard Fournette, is still listed as questionable with a hip injury, but last game they played two weeks ago against Seattle in Germany, rookie third-rounder Rashad White at running back ran for over 100 yards. He did pretty well. And If he can just keep the defense honest, then that's something that uh, will help Brady as well in that, that slow down that pass rush in the Browns. The Browns' defense has been rather putrid. They're 30th out of 32 teams in scoring defense. So you can move the ball and you can punch it in against this bunch. And I think for all the problems that Brady has had with his personal life and all the things bleeding into the social media and all the controversy and poor play and injuries and yelling at his teammates, I think this is the time coming off a bye that everything locks back in. And the Browns just aren't very good, and the Browns aren't playing for anything. So so I think that Tampa covers that three-and-a-half pretty easily. Then the Dolphins are laying 13 points at home to the uh, Houston Texans. And Houston is just awful. They are uh, the consensus worst team in the NFL. And the only reason they're 32nd in that metric is that there aren't more teams. I mean, if there were 40 teams in the league, they'd be number 40. And if there were 60, they'd be number 60. They're just absolutely horrible. One of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. And Tampa has, has, or excuse me, Miami has experienced a bit of a renaissance in its rushing game with Raheem Mostert and now Jeff Wilson that they brought in before the trade deadline. And the running game is starting to pick up the pace, but really it's the passing game that's done so many great things. Tua Tango Valoa, he leads the NFL in yards per pass attempt, yards per completion, passer rating, and total quarterback rating. Tua. And he's got the, the receivers and the speed out there on the edges with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell that Texas to be able to handle at all. On the other side of the ball, on the other side of the ball, you've got a situation with the um, the Texans offense where they may well bench their quarterback, Davis Mills. They've only won one game this year. He's, he's thrown more interceptions than anybody else in the NFL. And you've got Kyle Allen that may come in off the bench, the Texas A&M guy that I didn't like at Texas A&M. I just think that Miami is going to absolutely smoke uh, the Texans. So lay the 13 points. And then you've got Washington. This is my under. Washington hosting Atlanta. And I'm saying take the under on this one. That total is 42. And the reason is that it's going to be a nasty day in D.C. The forecast is 83% rain, and it's going to be windy. The, the field there at FedEx Field is known to be pretty sloppy when it gets wet. And Atlanta likes to run, and they really can't throw. I mean, Atlanta is not a team that can throw. They are going to run with Marcus Mariota at quarterback, and they're going to run into one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to get very far. Washington also, though, I think is going to try to run the ball. I don't, they'll throw the ball some because Atlanta's defense is terrible against the pass, but I like the under in this one because of the conditions and because of the matchup. All right, Marco D'Angelo, three best on the NFL side. We're going to start with Arizona plus four and a half against the Chargers. Both teams played on Monday and Sunday night. One looked good in losing. One looked horrible. I'm going to go with the value. And don't forget, Chargers have the worst rush defense in the league. I can't lay points on the road with them. Take Arizona. I'm going to the Atlanta-Washington game. Uh, You can have the under, Trevor, as long as... Atlanta stays within four because I like the Atlanta Falcons here. Washington, great story, but now 
The Hunter becomes the Hunted is they're laying points at home. I don't like it. They've got a big game on deck with the Giants next week. Atlanta will give them trouble with that ground game and Mariota making just enough plays to get it done. In my final play, I can tell you this much. Zach Wilson will not be the problem this week with the <laughs> offense. He's benched. I'm going with the J-E-T-S Jets because everybody is going to play at 110%. To show who really was the problem. You want Mike White, huh? I do. I wow. take you behind center this week. Well, yeah, they might. Uh, the line might be increased a couple points if I was <laughs> on there. There you go. All right, Marco. All right, NFL. Uh, give me the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to take them on the road against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's lost six of their last seven games. Baltimore, they're playing for a lot. They're playing for playoff position. And Lamar Jackson was a little under the weather last week. Uh, he's going to be more healthy this week. I like the Ravens in this spot. Defense is, actually has been very, very solid for Baltimore. And Jacksonville, they're at a point right now. I'm not sure what they are playing for. And here's another thing. I like Baltimore on the road. They're 4-1 with victories at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, at New England, and the Jets. So... Asking them to win by more than four at Jacksonville, I don't think it's much of a problem. I will take the Ravens. Niners and the Saints, I'm going to lay this one, too, with the Niners. Niners can write their own score, and that's really the case been the last couple of weeks. We saw it uh, last Monday night where the Niners rolled over the Arizona Cardinals in that one, and uh, they're not going to let up this week as well. I like the Niners. They were dominant against the Cardinals. No letting up here for the Niners. They're playing with confidence. And you got Andy Dalton on the other side. Andy Dalton, a quarterback against this San Francisco defense. Forget about it. I'm going to take the Niners. They're at home. They're going to roll over the Saints. And finally, we're going to Monday night, Marco. We're going to Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, I'll take them against your steel curtain. I, they're not really the curtain anymore, are they? No. But I will tell you what, Ryan and Jonathan Taylor have played much better the last two weeks, and I'm really still not believing in Kenny Pickett. The Colts let one get away last week. After that victory here at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders the week before, they had Philly. They're leading the entire game. They let this one get away. They lost 17-16. This is going to be a battle of the defenses, but I think the Colts actually have the better offense. I think the Colts come up big and uh, lay the two and a half with the Colts against the Steelers in this game. All right, those are our best bets. You can catch it up on the website, not only Marco D'Angelo's, Trevor Manich's, myself, but the rest of our crew, including Scott Spritzer and Gilby the Intern as well. So make sure you go check all that out at tcmartinshow.com. Trevor, enjoy yourself all weekend, my friend. Don't work too hard and eat plenty of leftovers. Will do. Thanks, guys. T appreciate it. He is Trevor Maddich. All right, Marco. Same goes for you. All right. I expect plenty of food picks over the weekend. And uh, there you go. I continue to tease me. That That's quite all right. Now, are you going to be home or are you going to, you know, go out and, and, and wine and dine over the weekend? I will be home on Thursday. I'll be home Friday afternoon eating turkey sandwiches and then <laughs> hockey game Friday late afternoon. Uh, there you go. All right. Good stuff, my friend. All right. Appreciate you for being here uh, again uh, today, as usual, as uh, Marco usually joins us uh, each and every Friday. All right. Like we mentioned, the best bets, they're up on the website. Go check out the interviews on the website as well, too. The feature interview on the homepage, as well as the classic interview page, uh, flashback interviews, and then our current interviews as well, all up there at tcmartinshow.com. And don't forget, 
Wherever you get your podcasts, you can get this show on your podcast as well. So if you miss any of the shows of this week, past weeks, all there for you, wherever you get your podcasts or at tcmartinshow.com. All right. I want to thank everyone for joining us as well. Great uh, for hearing from our regular guests as well with their Thanksgiving uh, weekend plans as well. Enjoy your food, your turkey, whatever your choice is. Enjoy your leftovers, and we are back here on Monday at 2 p.m. Have yourself a good one. For Marco, for Trevor, for Numchuck, enjoy your Thanksgiving Day weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday at 2.